What makes anybody think that during this time, this day and age, that I'm in the mood to talk about anything else outside of being liberated and black in the middle of two pandemics? You're tuned in to Grit Podcast, God, Resilience, Integrity, and Tenacity, where we talk about a community and a culture of being the true you, creating a space for captive minds to be free through the peel back layers of black women and men's stories. This is The Grit. up everybody and welcome to the grit god resilience integrity and tenacity i am dr p and this is my first episode i ain't in the mood i want to thank everybody my family my friends for uh the support that they've given me during this time to create this space um this space of creativity this space uh to be vulnerable this space to be safe um, and so uh, I want to I want to be able to thank folks first before I jump right into this. Um, I don't plan to stay before you long now, uh, like the good preacher said. Just give me about 15, 20 minutes to enter into your ear gates. Um, and I want to be able to talk a little bit about why grit um, is important to me, what it means to me, um, and why I chose this this name for this podcast. Let me be very clear. This is not going to be a typical podcast. I know most people saw God at the top and, you know, uh, and we are definitely going to talk about God, but we're going to talk about God in a lot of ways that are realistic for people. We're going to talk about religion and tradition in a lot of ways, uh, that don't sit well for people. And so, um, we're going to talk about resilience. We're going to talk about integrity and we're going to talk about tenacity and how people have pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps. We're going to talk about how people have struggled and made it through. We're going to talk about how people have some powerful testimonies um, and have sat on them way too long. Uh, We're going to talk about some real stuff. Um, So this is not going to be a typical podcast. Um, You know, and I want to be clear that these are my thoughts. These are my facts, and this is my reality. Um, And so I have learned to get comfortable with making others uncomfortable in my truth. I'm going to say that one more time so people can really understand what I'm saying. I have learned to get comfortable with making others uncomfortable in my truth. That's important for other people to understand that just because it's not your truth, doesn't mean that you have to be comfortable when I talk about what's important to me. Um, And so uh, that's what grit is going to be all about. 
of course, for this very, very first episode, um, I plan to talk about my story, my experience, who I am, and why I started Grit, what it was, what it meant um, to to have grit, uh, and I wanted to give it uh, to the people in the perspective of what that looks like from my end. Uh, growing up in the city of Chicago, I tell people that I was birthed in Roseland, birthed in the hundreds, the wild hundreds, um, but I was raised in Inglewood, and so I was going to talk about those different experiences um, and, and my life experiences and what has gotten me to the point I am today. Um, but I just ain't in the mood to really talk about that. I'm not really in the mood to have that conversation today. I will get in the mood because <laughs> in order for other people to feel free and other, uh, for other people to feel vulnerable, you have to first be vulnerable first. Um, and so I will get in the mood to discuss that. But I am in the mood to talk about being black. I am in the mood to talk about being a black woman. I am in the mood to talk about uh, being a black woman that has to step outside these doors and endure an, uh, a country that is not ready for black people. I am in the mood to talk about being a black daughter, being a black mother, uh, being a black worker um, that works with black youth who are experiencing homelessness. I am in the mood to talk about a lot, but I will not talk about my story just yet. Um, and so I want to dedicate this first episode to my people. I want to dedicate this first episode to black people. I want to dedicate this first episode to my family, to my friends, um, and to my coworkers, to my young people, to my son, and to every other person out there that shares the same beautiful skin color as I do, to my beautiful, bold Black people, this first episode is for you. So if you were able to um, see my kind of uh, video that or my visual expression that I put out yesterday, um, I was able to share just a little bit about what I experienced um, in the last couple of weeks um, where we've had some looting happening in the city. What's been happening across the world? But, you know, I share what <laughs> my experience was um, once I went out on the streets and what I experienced and what I saw. And I and I taped this stuff because, you know, some stuff you just can't <laughs> talk about without having some proof. We, you know, we'll get into some topics about that later. But, um, you know, I taped these things just so I, I wanted to be able to go back and look at it and really understand what people were doing and what message it was really sending. Because I think sometimes we can get caught up in our own thoughts and our own ideas and we can get stuck there without really studying why people do what they do. And so um, I sat there and um, I, I recorded and I went out and I, I looked at certain areas and I recorded certain things, um, things that now don't get me wrong, that I didn't think I was going to run into, <laughs> but um, I did. So I, I journeyed with a few of my uh, staff members and we went out after one of the um, 
biggest days of loot not happen here in the city. Um, and we went out and we helped clean the community. Now, some people are like, why, why are you going out and you're, you know, helping clean up the community? Because at the end of this day, uh, or any other day, the, these are still our streets. These are still our communities, whether we were meant to live in them or not, um, whether we were forced in them or not, we still have to live here. And people say, it's the hood, it's the ghetto. Let the people come and clean it up. I still have to work in the very, you know, the same community that um, may have been looted, that's burned down. Uh, my young people still have to walk those streets. I still have to walk those streets. My team still has to walk those streets when we're doing outreach. Um, so uh, we got out there and we went from one place to the next um, and we experienced some tough times in here, seeing people just completely hurt. Um, it, it was, it was rough to see. Um, it was hard to see. And so I, I tried to take all of that in. I tried to, you know, understand from every angle and every aspect. Um, and it was tough because I had one way of thinking and then I turned around and when I experienced some stuff, it changed my thought process on a lot of different, uh, topics, but you know, when it came down to this to this uh, looting <laughs> topic, it was just, you know, I think I've heard too many conversations just around, you know, they're not doing it for George Floyd no more. This ain't about George no more. They doing it for themselves. You know, and, and I'd like for us to really sit back and think about that. You know, I, I've also heard, um, you know, they, they shouldn't have tore down the black uh, black owned businesses and they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have, uh, tore those down. They, they, half of them, I don't even think they knew was black owned businesses. <laughs> I'm just going to be completely honest. Um, but all of these different things that, you know, they've, there've been so much conversation about, um, that I just kind of wanted to give my thoughts. And, you know, like I said, my thoughts, my opinion, my views on, we don't know what it means for a person to go out and do the things that they do. And nah, I agree that it, it ain't for George Floyd no more. It's for a list full, a decade full, um, and for over 400 years full of um, just racism and white supremacy and just problems after problems after problems. And we are tired of seeing black people die at the hands of all of these systematic issues um, that we shouldn't have to deal with just because of the color of our skin. So, no, I don't, I don't think I do not think that it's is for George Floyd. I think that is for Trayvon Martin. I think it's for uh, Breonna Taylor. I think it's for uh, Ahmaud Arbery. I think it's for... Uh, a whole bunch of people, Philando Castillo. I mean, we can go down this this uh, list over and over and over again, and it doesn't stop. It just don't stop. And because it doesn't stop, we can't stop right now. So, nah, it's, it's not for him. It's for everybody else and the names that will continue to be added to that list even after George. And we've had some of those already. You know, and so, uh, you know, I just challenge people to really open up their minds beyond 
their own views and their own perspective and what they would do. Because what you would do and how you may express yourself and give voice to your anger, somebody else may do it a totally different way. And you cannot get upset because people have chose to rebel. We can't get mad about that, you know. And so I think that uh, we really really have to come out of um, our comfort zone and really understand. Because one of the biggest things that I thought about was... um, You know, we make it available for our young people to get things that have been donated to us. And it's stuff that I know sometimes I even take for granted. We talk about a bar of soap, some deodorant, um, toothbrush, toothpaste, um, just a a towel. You know what I'm saying? Some wipes, anything, tampons, underwear, things that we freely go and buy because we we got a job or we got, you know, some type of income where we could take care of ourselves. But yeah, my young people, my young black people who are homeless, don't have nowhere to go. Or that's from that's couch surfing from house to house to house. I thought about why did they loot? What made them loot? You know, and um I thought about that and that changed my perspective. Because am I upset that they looted? No, I'm not. Because they got what they needed. They got a resource that they can't afford. And so, you know, I I had to take in consideration a lot of different things. You know, people are like, well, they they stealing furniture and they they stealing TVs. And, you know, folks is just lazy. Let's think beyond that. Let's think past that. You know, and, and these companies, let me tell you, they burned down a lot of these spots up here in the city. And um, they looted a lot of the grocery stores and they looted the shoe stores and they looted Best Buys and Walmart. Oh, and the people are upset. They mad about it. But the bigger piece is, is that some of these companies, I kid you not, they they looted them, closed their doors I, probably for about three to four days. They have boarded the city up. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the people's cities and towns look the same exact way. I walk around like Chicago look like a cardboard box. But don't you know these stores are still open? You they got open on the on the car on the uh boards telling, hey, come to the back. The folks still making money. So I want you to think that the people that stop making money because they still making money. And let's be clear, some of the black uh, black owned businesses that came into black communities still don't give black people, you know, the respect that they deserve. They still think that when some black people come in, that we ain't going to spend the money, that we ain't going to respect the product, that we not going to give, that we not going to support. And so everybody don't got the right mindset now. You know, some people are for the people and they bring it back to the community to support the people. But also some folks come in and they capitalize off of black people, too. And so I just, you know, I want us to open up our mind and really think about uh, every aspect, you know, all situations on the table. If it was you, let's just say it was you. Maybe you you don't have the the luxury to go get a couch. 
you know, because you can't afford it. Maybe you don't have the love. And let's just say you work it, because most people think that a lot of folk, black folk, on welfare. Let me help you understand. Most people that's on welfare, they ain't black. They ain't our color. They ain't our kind. Um, But let's just say you didn't have the means to do those things. And this this happened. You telling me you sit at home and wait? Some people are like, yeah, I'm going to trust God. And keep trusting God. Nobody telling you not to. But there are some other people that's going to get out here and they're going to take what they want. Um, and so I, I just think that we have to get to a place um, where we understand other people's uh, motives. We understand that everybody isn't like us, that everybody is not going to express themselves the way that we do, that everybody's not going to be able to, uh, you know, be on the same page as us where you may protest and you may march and that's how you use your voice. Somebody else may rebel. And that's what I saw. I saw rebellion. And when, you know, Things like this happen and keep happening. I don't even know what y'all expected. I don't even know what other people accept, you know, expected. And so I think that it's really, really important for us to understand. Some people are not going to do the things that we're going to do to get the attention of white folks. Um, and, you know, I, I really wanted to title this, this episode, I Ain't In The Mood. Because... You know, we get tired of going into, well, I get tired. I don't, I don't really know if y'all get tired, but I'm pretty sure if you black, you tired at this point, <laughs> you know, going into work, um, trying to educate people on what it means to be a black woman. And let me put more emphasis on, on just this. We have to talk about and have more conversation about black women and black women that are also being killed and murdered by the police that that are being harassed by white people that have that are being harassed by the police we give a lot of um lip service and and we give a lot of talk to black lives matter but we ain't talking about all black lives that matter cuz we ain't talking about um, we won't give a lot of lip service to trans lives, black trans lives. We're not giving a lot of lip service to the LGBTQ community, the, the black people that endure harassment and endure the same thing. We got to stretch our conversation past just the black man. Is the black man important? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I stand firm with every black man that has to experience and that you know, the foolery that when they walk outside, they are, they scary, you know? And so I stand firm with them, but I also want to stand in my truth. It's hard being a black woman. That ain't easy. And so we got to have a, a, a big conversation on what that looks like as a black woman in America as well. Um, and so, uh, these are just, you know, some of my thoughts, some of my views, some of my facts, some of my reality. Um, but in the middle of two pandemics where COVID-19 is literally wiping out black people and a pandemic that we have endured for well over 400 years and in the last decade, we have watched. And when I mean watch, I mean on tape, on video, on record. Black people die at the hands of police officers. 
We are in difficult times. And so my challenge to you all today is to not just use, you know, these social media platforms to talk about your um, your thoughts in a way that will negate what we need to really be talking about. You know, I, I, I challenge people to use your voice, but use your voice in action. Don't just give a lot of lip service. Don't just don't just be out here just running your mouth and you ain't putting no action behind it. Put some action behind it. If you black, you should have a lot to say. And one thing I will say is that because we've been saying it, I don't care if we've been looting. I don't care if you want to call it rebellion. I don't care if you want to say that it's just too much going on and y'all do y'all overdoing it and y'all protesting. Y'all want to march every week. Listen. At the end of the day, it's getting it done. Do you hear me? Laws have been put in place. Folks have been arrested. The stuff is getting done now. People are finally listening, but we ain't done talking. And you can't stop talking. Don't stop talking. Don't stop using your voice. Keep using your voice. Keep allowing people um, in your space. West, and, and, and before I get off of here, I want to say that because I, I had to check myself. And sometimes we got to check ourselves. You know, I, I, the first thing I said, I, I, look, I ain't got time to be educating no white folk. I'm not about to keep talking to them about what it means to be black. I can't do it. I don't even want to do it. But it's important when a person come up and say something to you that's not black and they don't understand, educate them. Say something. And I don't mean you got to sit there and get in my whole history lesson. But I had to say something yesterday. Um, and it took me to take some breaths before I said it. But after I got done talking about the experience and what it felt like to be black and working in the environment that I'm working in, Guess what? Somebody heard me. I think she understood then. And when that conversation ended, um, did I get an apology? Absolutely not. And because I didn't get one and because I know that there probably won't be any action. Guess what? I got to keep talking about it. And so I don't want us to give up on talking about things. I don't want us to give up on communicating. I don't want us to give up on our voice. Our black voice is important in every environment that we are in, everywhere we plant our feet. Our black voice means something. Um, and so I think this is this is an important time. I think it's a um I think it's a prime time for us to really, really understand what we're living through and what we're living in and how we can really, really use our time and and our voice to make ourselves heard and understand people from a different perspective. Don't just understand it from your own point of view. Understand it from a different perspective. Um, understand different generations. And, and when we understand different generations, you understand why people do what they do. And most people were, back in my day, we just, we did wait-ins and we did sit-ins. Well, in my day, we looted stores. <laughs> you know, we burning down buildings. We protesting. We making signs. We kneeling in front of the police. We getting in the police face. It's different times. Have those conversations with your children. Have those conversations with your mothers. Have those conversations with your grandmothers. Because we are still, we are still crying from Emmett Till.
And so I think that, um, you know, it's just it's important for us to get in the mood to talk about anything, anything that uh, keeps black people alive. That's what we should be in the mood to talk about. Um, so I challenge you all uh, this week and for the next couple of weeks until you hear my voice again to learn how to get comfortable with making other people feel uncomfortable in your truth. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is The Grit with Dr. P.